following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. have some good stuff planned i am kyle welcome back to fantasy beasts and where to find them the fantasy football podcast i am here again we're getting ready to discuss this year's top we're gonna do 15 at each position in fantasy football uh just sounded like the right number to go with here we're going to start it out here. We're going to talk about the top 15. We're going to talk about who we think next year will not be in this top 15 and who we think next year might be in it in place. We'll start it off with the quarterback. So starting at 15 with 230.2 points scored this year. Quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Number 14 with 234.9 points scored this year quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders Derek Carr number 13 with 239.7 points scored and missed quite a substantial amount of games here it's impressive he still finished this high Lamar Jackson comes in uh of the Baltimore Ravens number 12 with 242.8 points scored next year Carson Wentz Number 11, 270.6. There's your real first big jump, almost 30 points between 12 and 11. Uh, quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Number 10, with 278.5 points scored. Quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Number 9, with 286.6 points scored. Quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Number 8, with... 304.3 points. That's another 20-point gap there. Uh, quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, Matt Stafford. Number seven, edging him out by one point with 304.4 points. Quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Number six, uh, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, scoring 311 points, even Aaron Rodgers. Number five, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. With 311.8 points, less than a point separating five and six here, guys. Uh, quarterback Joe Burrow, number four. And this, I guess this this is going to really disprove my thought process this year. Uh, I wanted to avoid some of these top quarterbacks, and some of them were worth it. But the top four really had a 20-point lead here. I mean, Mahomes kind of in a league of his own here with 332.7 points. He's 20 points higher than five, but he's also 15 points almost lower than three. Um Mahomes about one game, one point more per week than five and down, one point less per week than three and up. But Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City is your fourth. Your third-ranked quarterback from the Chargers, 345.1 points, Justin Herbert. Your second-ranked quarterback, 
349.1 points uh, from Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. And your top-ranked quarterback repeats it back-to-back years here. And by almost 23 more points than number two, Josh Allen, 372 points even. Allen is really commanding the lead here, and it's, it's it's the fact that he can also run as well as throw. The rushing touchdowns really a big factor in his game this year, but we we really see a difference here. Uh, it's gonna make me have to think twice about what we talk about next year for quarterbacks. Who do we think staying though? I guess there, there's there's a big question here. Um, I'll start off here. I could see Jalen Hurts starting to slide, uh, depending on what direction they go with the offense. I'm not saying he's not going to be in the top 15, but I think he's going to be closer to 12 through 15 next year. Um, I think Kyler is going to replace him. I think Kyler's going to go back up the board here. I think Kirk Cousins, as much as he's 11, you're going to see him fall out next year. I think Minnesota's sick of the shit. I think we're going to start potentially seeing them look for a new suitor as a starter there, especially with how much he's making. I think Carson Wentz is also a player that is going to possibly be on the outside looking in. I said at the beginning of this year, he's a good matchup play and a good top top end quarterback two. Obviously, he finished that way being quarterback 12. He actually finished the low end quarterback one. Wouldn't have had not been for Lamar Jackson's injuries. Uh, Lamar Jackson will, will find a way in the top 10 again unless there's a true quarterback controversy. I don't see it happening just yet. However, I guess we'll see how Ty- or Tyler Huntley plays this week in a big game. Ryan Tannehill's a quarterback that concerns me. They brought him in talent. He didn't do much to suit. He really was inefficient most of the year. If Russ Wilson doesn't lose games, Wilson's ahead of him. Mac Jones, I mean, he's 19th on this list, 206.5 points. You got to think Mac Jones is going to really threaten to be a top quarterback two next year. I don't want to say he's going to be a top 12 quarterback, but I could see him being anywhere from 15 to 13. Uh, that top edge, a good spot start. I think Baker's all but sell the ship. I think whoever's in Denver is going to be replaced by the end of the year. We know Roethlisberger's gone, so we know that replacement might be a top top 20 guy. But I, I think the only real names you want to look at to say, yeah, they're going to get back in the 15 are Russ Wilson and Mac Jones. Onwards to running back, though. Uh, an interesting year for, for this position. Especially given how we're going to start this year. Your 15th ranked running back, coming back off injury this week, um, 203.1 points, actually tying your 14th ranked running back. We'll, we'll, let's let's reset this here. Your 15th ranked running back with 203.1 points from the Minnesota Vikings, Delvin Cook. I'm going to bump him up. I don't care what ESPN says. The points per game here, there's no way we're counting him as 15. Uh, 203.1 points. 15th, 14th ranked quarterback now, or running back now, Derrick Henry of the Titans, uh, was on pace to shatter records, was averaging 25 points a game. Delvin Cook was averaging 17. There's no way that I'm going to consider that Cook was a worse product than, uh, or a better product than Derrick Henry. Number 13 on this list, a bit of a surprise, a resurgence for him. Uh, 205.6 points from the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Uh, number 12, a guy who I wasn't super high on, a lot of people drafted him as, a lot of people drafted him super high in the second round, almost uh, close to being end of first round, they had a lot of high end, he was your 12th ranked running back, 
209 points. Washington's Antonio Gibson. Uh, number 11, this one shocks me, 218.3 points. Usually such a workhorse. He missed a couple games, but to see him outside the top 10 is concerning. Nick Chubb, I know Cleveland had its own offensive woes, but yeesh. Number 10, uh, another guy who had a lot of offensive woes on that team. With 222.5 points, New Orleans running back Alvin Kamara. Number 9, we already talked about one career resurgence. Well, we actually got two more still on this list ahead of us. But 230.4 points for this guy. Ninth-ranked Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner. He had a breakout year. I don't think anybody saw this one coming, given that I think most people would have almost written him off after he left Pittsburgh the way he did. Couldn't really stay healthy. Couldn't establish much of a role there. They struggled to figure out who would play running back all of last year. And he comes out and really kind of, I don't know if I'd say took a hold of the role there, but was their touchdown vulture. Uh, and he did a great job in that role. Number... Eight on the list, 231 points even, so less than a point separating this. A guy who I think next year you have to be a little concerned about with the emergence of A.J. Dillon, but Green Bay running back Aaron Jones, uh, number seven, another career resurgence with 236.4 points. A guy you could have flexed at running back or wide receiver. Uh, A huge, huge year for him, but Cordero Patterson, only a one-year deal in Atlanta. Let's see if he wants to stick around there, given, obviously, the, the situation that's in Atlanta. Really an intriguing breakout, and it was up and down. It was a roller coaster. Started out red hot. I mean, week one wasn't bad. Eight points for seven, or 8.7 points. Then he goes 24, 16, 35, 18, 14, 18, 21. Then he goes downwards before, before he misses a game against Atlanta or against New England, comes back with three strongish games, 30, 13, 14, and then he really tapered off the back half of the year. Uh, it's almost like teams kind of figure out how Atlanta wanted to use him, and Atlanta almost got less creative as the season went with him. Uh, he was everywhere on the field. He was he was a halfback, he was a running back, he was a wide receiver. They used him well. But we'll see how that continues to go as we get further into the season. Running back number six in the list, though, a guy who lost carries throughout the year, looked Ugly in the back half of the year. Um, it got hot in the middle again. It's he was he was tough to figure out, and I don't know how much I trust him going forward. But Zeke Elliott comes back with two hundred and forty-five point nine points, uh, coming off a championship four points total. Your fifth ranked fantasy football running back. Another another. We're gonna go back to another resurgence here. With 259.6 points. It's, it's, it's again, it's weird. Four to five and five to six. It's been quarterbacks and running backs have had huge differences. Uh, your fifth ranked running back has 15 points between him and six from Tampa. And that's with missing the back half of the year. Leonard Fournette, your fourth ranked running back, who missed chunks of games in here 293.9 points he had a long streak of touchdowns midway through Joe Mixon has himself a year uh number three the rookie comes in and runs hard 299.2 yards out of Pittsburgh Najee Harris number two from the Chargers not a lot of rushing a lot of receiving though 316.9 points for Austin Eckler and number one of the year, uh, traded it back and forth throughout the early part of the year, really came on strong in the middle, 
and only really wins this with a runaway. I mean, he's got 67 more points than Eckler, 382.6 points for Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, would have been interesting, interesting to see how that pans out with Derrick Henry sticking around. Now looking, though, at what we have for next year, I don't know if you trust Cordero Patterson as a feature back, as a top 10. You got to wait to see where James Conner signs. Aaron Jones is a concern. Aaron Jones with A.J. Dillon is a concern. Um, those are the three that I think are in risk of moving, which is weird because they're 7, 8, 9. It's not even like they're the back half. Obviously, Cook had some injury. Uh, Derek Henry had injury. I don't want to kick Josh Jacobs out. But if we need to, he can go as well. If we're talking who has a chance to jump, we've got a young core right here behind him. Uh, Damian Harris had a great back half of the year. DeAndre Swift, when healthy, was running for almost 17 points a game. And the same's going to go here. A guy who was red hot in the playoffs, David Montgomery, was running for 16 points a game in the playoffs. Um, I think those are my three top names of who I trust the most to get up there. A lot of people might be pounding the table here. What about what about Elijah Mitchell? Uh, Elijah Mitchell's a concern off of the real issue of who is the number one there. You've got Raheem Mostert coming back. Yes, it's a severe knee injury. But if Mostert comes back, it does just do the snap score right back to him. If you turn around and you see all of that start happening, you see Mostert get that, you see Sermon take a next step, where, like, what do you, what's your real thought here? What... Mitchell's such an anomaly. I, I like Michael Carter. I, I would have loved Chase Edmonds more. He got hurt in the middle of the year. His averages were great. Um, it was such a weird year for running back. So, I mean, does McCaffrey return in the top 15? Or is McCaffrey on the verge of done? Um, we saw a lot of weird, weird, weird seasons this year. And guys jumped in and filled out. I mean, Miles Sanders was drafted late. It looked like he deserved to be. He finishes your running back 41. J.D. McKissick missed the back half of the year. He finished ahead of Sanders and Edward Hilaire. Alexander Madison in limited reps had 126.8 points. Does somebody try to trade for him in the offseason? Is Saquon done? Saquon was running back 32. That is, that's legitimately, that's the back half of an RB3 in standard leagues. And he played a majority of the year. Michael Carter, when healthy, ran damn well. You have the return of Cam Aker coming off this injury. There's there's a lot that's going to look at running back next year, and it's going to shake out the whole landscape of the league, I think. But on to receiver. This is another interesting uh, one that we get to play with here. We got a lot of rookies. We have a lot of guys who popped up out of nowhere, and we got some guys who missed a lot of time with injury too. But starting at the back half here, uh, wide receiver 15 with 234.1 points, Jalen Waddell. Uh, Waddle, you only have, you have to think it's only gonna get better. He started the year off shaky, and then as they got into the middle of the year, and including with him missing time, he became a target eater. He was picking up passes, and he was consistently pulling eight to twelve catches per game. Um, wide receiver number fourteen, two hundred thirty-four point two points, beat him by a yard. Houston Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks. We obviously don't know what, what the future pans out for him. Houston's in a full-blown rebuild. He's already voiced his displeasure. Wide receiver number 13 from Seattle. Uh, 235.5 points, DK Metcalf. Uh, DK really took a back step this year, but that's because I think all of Seattle needs to rebuild. Um, 
We'll see where that goes. I mean, obviously, Tyler Lockett tumbled down boards with that situation. He was outside the top 20. It's an interesting one to follow here. Number 12, 239.6 points. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans. Another guy that I never want to rely on in leagues because he's incredibly touchdown dependent. You might have one game where he has seven targets and he has three catches for 30 yards and he's got you six points. But you might have one game where he has six targets and goes four catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns. And that's, that is his stat line. It's, it's when is Mike Evans in the zone? Um, you're, you're sitting here watching it all now. You got the Tampa Bay, just Brady come back. It just Godwin come back. We'll get on him in a minute. Um, but number 11 on the list here, a name I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, when I say Las Vegas, I think anybody would have unfortunately thought Henry Ruggs being in the year. Obviously, we know what happened there. You, I don't think you were thinking Brian Edwards is that much of a breakout. But who was thinking Hunter Renfro? 248.2 points, a PPR machine. Renfro really breaking out. Did it in college, doing it again in the pros. Uh, I think he's going to be drafted incredibly late next year. I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be a top 12 guy. I'm not going to say he's going to be a top 15 but I think he's going to be a high-end wide receiver too, especially in a situation where wide receivers are so productive now. You can play them week to week, and it's better to have four or five of these guys. I think Renfro realistically should be drafted as a top 25 guy. I think he's realistically be drafted as a top 30 to 35 guy, and that's value for any of you guys that can get him there. Number 10 of the year, a guy who missed three games in the back half. We've already discussed him because you don't know where he's going to end up going. Twenty or two, 252.4 points from Tampa Bay as well. Chris Godwin had himself a pretty good year. Uh, a lot more of a universal receiver than Evans is. He's a guy who can have a massive day off of just catches alone. I mean, one of the games on this. 17 targets, 15 catches, 143 yards, no touchdowns. Very next game against Buffalo, 15 targets, 10 catches, 105 yards. Um, he was targeted over 10 times, six times this year. Godwin wants to eat, and he's going to eat. I know people might be a little concerned about pulling him in with this torn ACL, but I think he's a guy who's going to return to the top of the league rankings here. He's proven that he's a very good running or receiver. Number nine on this list. 254.6 points from the LA Chargers, Keenan Allen. Uh, Allen had a good year, a bit of a, a bit of a quiet year. He wasn't the talk at first. Uh, he comes in at nine. His counterpart, Mike Williams, comes in at 20. Mike Williams really had the hot start to the year. Keenan Allen was just consistently good across. He was always there. He's always getting targets. He's always making catches. Uh, he's kind of what you've come to expect. But he's also getting on the older side of his career here, so we'll see if he can keep it up. Uh, number eight on the list, 266.4 points. Another guy that wasn't super consistent all year, but if we're being totally fair, he's got a lot of mouths to feed here. He had quarterback number one from Buffalo, Stephon Diggs. Uh, Diggs a little bounce back. I think Diggs is a very good wide receiver, and we know he's one of the best, but there's only so much you can do, especially when you were, I believe, wide receiver one last year, and if not wide receiver one, you were top five. Um, you got to figure out as a defense, how to stop that guy. So he got doubled a lot. He got picked up a lot. There was a lot going on with it. Uh, number seven, 
a guy I talked a lot about going into the offseason, a guy who really produced well, especially for his draft position, 268.3 points for wide receiver Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh. This one, it can go either way. This is going to very much so depend how, what, and where the Steelers address quarterback. If they decide to go out and go, oh, you know, let's uh, let's trade for Jameis, it's not going to work the same as if you're going to go, hey, let's uh, let's draft Kenny Pickett at second and trade all the way up. This his his production. Granted, we've seen him have some really, really good games. We we we've we've seen him have good games with bad quarterbacks, including last year. But like, we're we gonna see it with a rookie. You don't know. Uh, wide receiver six in most situations was drafted as wide receiver one. Three hundred and one point three points. This is where we get start separating here. Three hundred and one point three points. From Kansas City, Tariq Hill, a headache for fantasy owners this year. He would go from 35 to 40-point weeks to 3-point weeks. And there was no rhyme or reason, and there was no real safe answer to it. It sucked as a fantasy owner, but this is where you're at. Tariq Hill, though, we know he's got the talent. We know that Patrick Mahomes is going to consistently go to him because they haven't done anything to add a wide receiver to, and they don't have the money to afford a proven wide receiver to. He's going to continue this. Wide receiver five, the rookie appears, 306 points uh, from Cincinnati. Jamar Chase, a good game or a good season for him. Really something impressive. We uh, want to obviously see more of Chase. We want to see what we can do here. Wide receiver four from Minnesota, 318.9 points. Uh, Justin Jefferson, that's with no quarterback. Imagine what he can do in a year or two when they when they sort out this Kirk Cousins situation. Wide receiver number three on the list, 320 points. A lot of that in the back half of the year rushing the ball. From San Fran, Debo Samuel, a guy who was drafted as a wide receiver five or six. He was drafted in the late late 80s and 90s. Um, it, it proves your point that receivers can be taken and produced for you almost anywhere. I mean, look at this top 10. Samuel was not a top, was not a top 75 pick. Deontay Johnson was not a top 50 pick in most situations. Um, Keenan Allen was in a top 30 pick a lot of the time. He was going between 30 and, 30 and 45. Hunter Renfro, he's in 11. He was possibly not even drafted in leagues. Receivers can really make or break you, but you, you can also win your games by, by stacking your running backs first and foremost. Wide receiver two, 346.8 points out of Green Bay. Devontae Adams has a year. And I think we all knew this one here, guys. Wide receiver won 432.9 points from the Rams, shattering records. Cooper Cup, the best year that people have seen in a while at receiver. I mean, the difference between him and Devontae Adam was almost 100 points, literally averaging four more points a game. That's 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 almost game winning in situations. But Cooper Cup was the epitome of consistency. On to tight ends here. We'll finish it up at tight end. We'll maybe talk about a couple positions we like this year. But uh, tight end, number 15. I don't think this is a guy we thought from Minnesota would be here. But uh, 15th, 135.7 points. Minnesota's tight end, Tyler Conklin. Most people thought it would be Irv Smith Jr. He goes down with a end of training camp injury. Best of luck recovering him. Uh, and let's see if that changes how it's all going to approach here. Wide receiver 14, the rookie. Uh, no, we're not talking that rookie. Pat Fryermuth, 
140.4 points didn't really start getting utilized until the back half of the year. I really, really think that Fryermuth is on the verge of being a top 10 tight end next year. And wide receiver 13, a guy who realistically, had he played all the games this year, would have been on pace to be wider or, or sorry, tight end would have been tight end four or five missed out on back half of the season with a thumb injury, average 12.11 points a game, 145.3 points for TJ Hawkinson, a new tight end or a new quarterback is going to change how that's viewed wide receiver or tight end 12. I am stuck on the wide receivers guys. I'm sorry. Tight end 12, 150.7 points from new England. Hunter Henry, he took the job and he ran with it. He wasn't Janu Smith. But he produced better than most expected or most expected Janu Smith to have done. Tight end 11, formerly of the New England Patriots, now of Tampa Bay, 154.5 points, missed a ton of games in the middle of the season, but Rob Gronkowski had himself a year. Tight end number 10, 156.4 for Denver's Noah Font. Noah Font was disappointing. He started out red hot. I really thought he was going to be a top six tight end at the, start of, or at the end of the year. And he dropped off heavily to 10. He had a couple really bad weeks in there. Tight end number nine, 157.8 points. Buffalo tight end, Dawson Knox. If anybody said they saw this coming at the beginning of the year, they were a liar. Buffalo fans knew it. It was a rumored a point that he had gone through. He wanted to learn this. He wanted to learn that. He was going to an eye doctor. He was catching ping pong balls. And he goes out in, in training camp. And he's dropping passes constantly. No one thought Knox had it in him. Uh, but he's here, and he's the touchdown threat, guys. Number eight, 162.8 points, though, out of the same division here. Miami, tight end Mike Gusecki. He is, he's going to remind me, I think, almost, I want to say, I don't want to say Zach Miller, but Greg Olson, he's never going to be the greatest, but he's going to be consistent his entire career until they can get him a better tight end or better, better quarterback. Number seven, speaking of a guy who's been consistent his whole career, 165.3 points gets traded halfway through the year out of Arizona by way of Philadelphia. Zach Ertz has himself a year. Uh, speaking of Philadelphia, number six, 169 points even, tight end Dallas Godert from Philadelphia. Both these guys had a solid year, finished in the middle of the pack. A lot of people didn't even draft Ertz because of Godert, uh, and they both end up being pretty damn good. Number five, this is the rookie we were talking about. 179.8 points, uh, the fifth-ranked Atlanta Falcons tight end, wide receiver one, Kyle Pitts. Now, from Pitts to Dalton Schultz, we have a 10-point gap. Oh, there it is. Gave it away. Number four, Dallas tight end Dalton Schultz. He's really starting to come on, averaging almost 12 points a game, a solid chunk, but he's no tight end three, two, or one. All of these guys average over 15 points a game. Tight end three probably would have made a serious run at being tight end two here had he not missed so much time. 198 points, your third ranked tight end, your wrestling fanatic, Cerro Meta, San Francisco tight end, George Kittle has himself a day. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs tight end. That's right. He's not number one. He's number two. Travis Kelsey has 257.4 points. And tight end number one out of Baltimore, 294.6 points. Mark Andrews was red hot down the stretch. Guys, uh, there's not a whole bunch for daily fantasy this week. We'll real quickly cover. I do like staying on the path of looking at uh, Naman or St. Brown. 
St. Brown has been red hot over the last five weeks, has not averaged less than, or has not had less than 10 targets. I like Terry McLaren as a high upside guy this week. Uh, Obviously, the last five, last six weeks do not tell you you should take him. Less than eight or less than 10 points in all six games for Daily Fantasy. However, if you go all the way back to week two against the Giants, 22.2 points, one of his bigger games of the year. McLaren's finally healthy. The Giants are terrible. I like McLaren as a high upside. Tyler Higby, tight end against the 49ers. He had a touchdown already this year against them. We like to keep that alive. Najee Harris, he's expensive, but Baltimore has to win, and so does Pittsburgh. That game's going to be a dogfight. We love some Najee Harris reps here. Uh, and the other real running back who's a shocker, he's super cheap still, six or $6,700 on FanDuel. His last four games have been over 10 points. And the Jets happen to be 31st in the league against the running back. Let's go with some Motor Singletary. Guys, that'll do it, though, for this week. We hope you enjoyed the season. Hopefully, some of our Daily Fantasy pointers help. Next week, we're going to get into the recap and hopefully some awards for Players of the Year. Until next time, we thank our sponsors, Jeanette at the Herapy Sessions Buffalo. Um, We want to go ahead and also thank... Charlie at Renegade Studios down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Damien at the Platter Box in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And Chicken Dippin, our newest sponsor from Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, If you're interested in, I mean, if you're like us and you like football and you like wings and you want the best way to dip your wings, hit up Kyle at Chicken Dippin. Use code SPREAD716 for a 15% off discount at checkout. We'll get you taken care of. But guys, until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We will show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.